Amen. Good morning, church. God bless you. John chapter 16 in your Bibles, please. John chapter 16. It is a blessing for my wife and I to be here at Canaan Baptist. Yesterday morning we left 29 degrees and flurries to come down to, what is it today, maybe 50, 60, I don't know, um, and sunshine. I told my wife, wow, it's really nice to see something green because in the frozen tundra of Wisconsin, where we're from, there ain't nothing green yet, but very soon there'll be some green. Uh, it's nice to see some yellow from the sun. It's kind of burning us, you know, like we haven't seen that in a long time, but it's a blessing to be here, uh, Canaan Baptist. Well, we're in John chapter 16, and if you don't mind standing with me, church, um, we're going to be reading verses 28 to the end of the chapter, which is verse 33. And it says, I came forth from the Father, and I'm come into the world. I, again, I leave the world, Jesus says, and go to the Father. Now, do you mind reading every other verse with me? You'll read verse 29. I'll read verse 30, and we'll continue like that till the verse um, 33 there. So all together, verse 29. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not any man uh, should ask thee. By these we believe, by this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Altogether, Jesus answered them, Do ye now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. Altogether, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Today I'll be speaking on the forgotten promise. Today, the forgotten promise. Do you mind joining me in prayer, church? Let's pray before the Lord. Dear Father, we need you to touch our hearts. We're here to learn of you through your word. And would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Convict where there needs conviction. Comfort where there needs comfort. Provide both where we need both. And we just look to you. Fill this place with your spirit. We bind the evil one in Jesus' name. And we look to you. And the church says a big, strong amen. amen. You may be seated, church. Thank you. Well, it is um, my wife and I, Jessica, and myself, Alonso Ibarra. And if you're like, oh, I don't know if I can really say that, that's okay, Ibarra is fine. Um, but we're originally from Mexico, and now we serve as, um, I serve as an assistant Spanish pastor at Falls Baptist Church there in Milwaukee, and it's a blessing to be here. If you're visiting with us, we're also visiting. This is our second time ever to be in this church, so welcome, everybody. And now, um, my wife and I love church. Amen. We love church. We love serving the one who died on a cross and rose again. He is our Savior, and we love him with all our heart. And I love church because church is a little bit like a hospital, isn't it? We are all sick and needy. Our families are broken and needy, and so is mine. Right? There's no one here that's perfect. Is there someone here that's perfect? Maybe in Canaan there might be. In my church there isn't. Okay, Maybe, there, did I see a hand back there? <laughs> we're all broken and, perf and imperfect, and that's why we're here. We need the one who is perfect, the one who is whole, to make us perfect and whole in him. 
And now our calling as a couple is to serve the Lord in Hispanic church planting. And so our purpose here in, in this week is simply to sur survey what the Lord's doing here, to seek the Lord, to seek his direction, and potentially partnering with Canaan Baptist um, to, to start, or I've heard maybe restart a Spanish church. Pastor Ingram has mentioned there might have been a Spanish work some years ago. I'm, I'm not quite sure I might have gotten that detail wrong. But um, that's, that's why we're here, and we appreciate your prayer. Our calling is to our people, and like... Um, like we see in the Bible, we are debtors. We're debtors to the Lord and particularly to, to our people, the Latino people of the United States. Amen. Amen. Well, the forgotten promise. Have you ever forgotten anything? <laughs> well, kind of like, yes, I forgot my Bible this morning. No, I didn't. Maybe you, you did. I have it right here. Uh, that happened once, actually. I went to, a pastor called us to fill the pulpit and I brought my Spanish past Bible to this English church. And I'm like, okay, my wife has her bilingual Bible. I can use that. But she actually had brought a French Bible along. I don't know why. <laughs> so then I was in big trouble. <laughs> Have you ever forgotten anything? We were on our way here in November to, to visit the church as well. And we were uh, early morning flight. We were on the way to the airport. And my wife says, so you got, the, um, you got my passport, right? And I'm like, no, you have it, right? We didn't have any identification for my wife at all as we headed to the airport. Running a little late, just barely going to make our flight. God still works miracles. That's the end of the story, amen? God still works miracles. We were here in November, and here we are. In tribulation, the Bible says, trust in Christ's words to have peace, because verse 33 says, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. Are you burdened? Is your family burdened? In me, Jesus says, you might have peace. Peace is needed for everyone. Peace. You're like, oh, that's, that's a nice word, a nice concept. No, church, we all need peace. We all need peace the Prince of Peace. We all need God to touch our lives. We all need God to touch our families. God's presence is God's peace. In tribulation, look and trust to Christ's words to have peace. Many, maybe you've gone to the dentist, right? And the dentist will say, oh, this won't hurt real, it'll just be a real quick procedure. We'll just uh, do this, we'll just zap you a little bit, and we'll get you on, on the road in no time. And all of a sudden, he turns on that little drill, and goes in there, and wow, you're, you're uh, jumping up to Saturn, you know? And he said, you, you don't feel no pain. That's, that's a lie. Of course, you're squirming in your seat. Now, Christ is the great physician. I think that's why he didn't say, I'm the great dentist great physician because he promises something church he promises something to you in verse 33 these things have i spoken unto you that ye might have peace in the world ye shall have tribulation he promises you in the world ye shall have tribulation but the promises the truth is in tribulation trust in christ's words to have peace in the middle of that trial your family's going through, trust not the circumstances. Don't look to people. Trust Christ's words to have the needed peace. Yeah. 
Look at me this, uh, uh, with me three things this morning. Feel free to write them down. We, we see in this passage the promise, the promise. And of course, we do see the human problem, the problem, but then we see the solution. Trust in Christ's words to have peace, the promise. Here we have in the first part of verse 33, what does it say there, church? These things have I spoken unto you. He's referring to exactly the previous uh, three chapters or so, the farewell discourse that he's sharing with his disciples. And he comes to the end before he prays for them and for you in chapter 17. But he says, these things, not just these last three chapters, but all that, I, all that we have sitting on our lap, these things have I spoken unto you that ye might have peace. These things have I spoken. It's a perfect reality. And what I mean by that, it was already done in the past with ramifications in the present. So anything you need from Christ has been already spoken. You already have it in this blessed book. Amen? Now, I don't like grocery shopping that much. Do you know why? Because when I get to the grocery store, I'm like, I know there was three things on the list, and I can only remember one. And I don't even know where it is in this massive um, building, you know? And I'm calling my wife, what was that again? Oh, it's in the, okay, milk. Where's milk again? And I'll go to the back, and then to the right, you'll find it. Maybe you are, um, have forgotten the, this list, this verse. In the world, you will have tribulation. But the promise is, God already said, all that you need. All you need is found in Christ, not in your bank account, not in your retirement account, not in your family. All you need is found in Christ, not in good health, not in anything that's human. It's found in Christ. It says in, there, in, in, in this passage, these things have I spoken unto you that in me, in me, see, the promise has a purpose. He has already promised that you have everything that you need, church, in the Word of God. Everything for your family. But it has a purpose to drive us, to lead us to the Prince of Peace. God's words that we have in the Bible always lead us to Jesus Christ Himself. See, they, it, it doesn't, God's Word does not lead you to a religion. It does not lead you to rituals. It leads you to a royal king. And of course, God's words will lead you not to sin, not to sadness, but to a Savior that we all need. They always lead to peace. Christ's words always lead to peace. Go with me to John chapter 14 and verse 27. John chapter 14 and verse 27. It says there, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives giveth a give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it not be afraid. Now, my peace I give from you. Do you have that heavenly peace? Maybe you're here and you're not for sure that you have eternal peace with God in heaven. Only Jesus can give you that peace. Your religion, my religion, rituals, uh, it's not about that. It's about a relationship with the royal king. My peace. Jesus says it's my peace. You're not going to find it anywhere else. You're not going to find it anywhere else. Church, you're not going to find it anywhere else. You have to go to the things that have 
already been spoken by Christ in the Bible. You have to. So in tribulation, in brokenness, in trials, trust in Christ's words to have the needed peace. We've looked at the promise. Now join with me in looking at the problem, the human problem, that is, the problem. We see in verse 33 again, these things have I spoken unto you that ye in me ye might have, what is it, church? Peace. In the world, in the world, in the world. Our problem is the world. The world is a constant temptation, an allurement to our flesh. It wants to draw you far away from what is holy, what is right, and what is true. And it'll cost you way more than you ever expected to pay. Now, the world is our problem. The world is the system, mindset, and institutions led by Satan that go against the love of Christ. The world is that system, that way of thinking, that mindset, those institutions led by Satan that go against the love of Christ. And they include, of course, the desires of the flesh, of the eyes, and the pride of life. But Satan has uh, orchestrated systems, ways of thinking that its purpose is to destroy your life. He's um, orchestrated institutions, uh, the music industry, Hollywood, social media, to destroy you and your beautiful family. Church, this is urgent. There's a problem, and our problem is the world. There's a problem, a human problem, that is, and it's called tribulation. Have you ever felt tribulation before? And I'm talking to someone I don't know. My wife and I are just guests here. But you're going through trials and tribulations and temptations right now in your marriage, in your family, in your finances. Tribulations, humanly speaking, are are a problem because they tend to discourage us. Trials. You wake up, trials. You go to work, trials. You go to school, trials. And after a, after a while, you're tempted to get broken. That is the, that's Satan's desire. Of course, we know God has a different plan, amen? We'll get to that in a moment, but we're just talking about the human problem. Trust in Christ during tribulation to have peace. But there's a human problem. The word here, tribulation, is the word, the Greek word, as it was originally written, thlipsis. It's used 45 times in the New Testament, which means it's, tribulation is a common theme in God's word. Trials are a common theme in God's word. Um, Testing is a common theme throughout the, the Bible. So think it not strange, church, when you come under tribulation, is what Jesus is saying. D- don't think it's strange when you, you find yourself in sickness. Don't think it's strange when you have a struggle with sin. There's no temptations taking you, but such as it's common to man. But with every temptation, there's a way of escape in Jesus. Don't think it's strange when there's sickness, sin. Don't think it's strange when you are suffering as a family or as a couple, as a church. Because Jesus said, in the world you shall have 
tribulation. Go with me to Genesis chapter 50, one of the most amazing verses in all the Bible. Genesis is the first book. Chapter 50 is the last chapter of the first book of the Bible. Genesis chapter 50. And this is the ending of the story of Joseph. We know Joseph was sabotaged by his own family, sold into slavery, and struggled in Egypt all by himself. But the Lord lifted him up to be the second in command of the um, Egyptian empire at that time. And go with me to verse 19, if you will. Genesis 50, verse 19. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? He's talking to his brothers who are afraid, oh no, he's, he's the big cheese around here. He's going to get us killed for what we did to him. But he says, fear not. But as for me, look at these beautiful verses inspired by, um, by the Holy Spirit. But as for you, you thought it evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear ye not. So, church, fear ye not. Families, fear ye not. Uh, couples, marriages, fear you not. That's what the Bible says. And you, Satan means this tribulation for evil to break you down and to destroy your beautiful family. But Jesus says, fear not. Jesus says, he may mean it to evil, but I'm in control. Just to let you know, I made the world. I'm on the throne of heaven. Satan is not. You're not either. Uh, your family's not either. It's me. And he says, he may mean it to evil, but I mean to save much people alive. That's why there's trials. That's why you're struggling this morning. To save much people alive. To save your family. To save this community that needs Christ. For my wife and I, to save as many Hispanic people as we possibly can for the name of Jesus. Amen. That is the problem, but the problem, as we look at it in the Bible, it's not that big anymore, is it? If God can bring a Hebrew slave to the throne of Egypt, he can definitely heal you. He can definitely, definitely do amazing things. And in the prayer meeting, and as the Lord's been working in our hearts as we're here, the verse comes to mind. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which you know not. Do you know why... Jesus wrote, or the, the Holy Spirit inspired great and mighty things, because you and me have great and mighty problems. Our families have great and mighty problems. That's why we need great and mighty things. Can we look at number three, the, the solution? So we've seen the promise. All, all, you have, all you need has already been spoken by Christ, and it's found in his word. It's not found primarily in counsel, which is beautiful and needed. It's not found primarily in uh, physical or financial provision. It's found in God's word. We do have a problem, the world and that human problem of temptations. Look to Christ to have peace. But we also have the solution in John 16, 33. John 16, if we return to our, our text this, this morning, John 16, 33. So, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace in the world. You'll have situations like in Ukraine. 
In the world, you have situations like are going on in your marriage right now. You'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The solution is that salvation is found in Christ. Everything has been overcome by his death and resurrection on the third day. This, this, word, this word, I have overcome the world, um, is in the perfect again, which means he already did it. When he was hanging on the cross, his last words says were, it is finished. Everything that you struggle with was paid for. That sin uh, and that lifestyle that you're trying to earn your way to heaven, Jesus already paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin hath left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. It is finished. I have already overcome anything that you're facing this morning, church. He's already overcome it. He took it on that cross and nailed it to the cross and screamed, it is finished. And one day we'll worship him because it is finished. That's the truth. It said, um, I have already overcome. So all sicknesses in heaven will be healed. All sin in heaven will be removed. And all suffering will be made eternally right. But preacher, you don't know what they did to me. I don't know what they did to you. But that suffering, I don't want to minimize your suffering, church. But that suffering at the most can last 70, 80, 90 years, maybe 100 years if you take your vitamins. Um, But in heaven, listen, church, Jesus Christ will make it eternally right. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? What is 70 years compared to eternally made just and right? Justice will be served, church. Justice will be served. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? All suffering will be made right. Look at, with me at uh, John 16, verse 21. John 16, 21. A woman, when she's in travail, hath sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembered, remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And I think this verse references uh, Jesus, right? But um, there's joy. And there will be joy when we see the man that was born into the world in heaven. There will be joy, church. You have the victory now. I have overcome the world, but you, you don't know my marriage. I have overcome the world. The world's your problem, and he already destroyed it. So why, what are you battling with? Bring it to Jesus. Nail it to the cross by faith. Recognize what he's done for you. But you don't know my children. I have overcome the world. Come to him in prayer and seeking to, him, to God to restore the family that you've always dreamed of. Look to him. The, the victory has been won. Right? Or did I read it wrong? No? Okay, good. <laughs> look, look there at the verse 33. Ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. 
I have overcome the world. In all the verses that we've read, it's always fear not, be of good cheer, trust, it's going to be okay. Be of good cheer. Now remember, church, this is an imperative. So in the middle of that trial, in that middle of temptation, in that middle, in the middle of it, Jesus says to his disciples and to us, he looks you in the eye and he says, you better be of good cheer. There's no other option. You have to, or else you'll be disobeying the King of kings and Lord of lords. So make a faith decision, church. No matter my circumstances, no matter how dark it may be, I will look to the one who is light. No matter how hungry I am in my soul, I will look to the bread of life. Yes, no matter how lonely and deserted I feel, I will look to the good shepherd. I will. I will be of good cheer. It's an imperative this morning. So choose to look to Christ in the middle of the storm. This word, be of good cheer, is used by Christ when he walks on the water to his disciples. And he says, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Be of good cheer. He comes in beautiful ways in the middle of storms. That's the way of Jesus. That's the way of Jesus. So we've looked that in tribulation, according to verse 33, trust in Christ's words to have peace. Trust in Christ's words to have peace. It's a promise. All you need has been given to us in Christ's words. There is a problem, sin, and maybe you're here burdened by sin. You're not for sure that you have a personal relationship with God and that your sins are forgiven. Jesus has the solution. He paid the sin penalty for all of those sins that you have, which is death, and he died for you. God shows his love for you in that while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you and rose again to give you forgiveness and eternal life. Isn't that amazing, Christian? Then why are we worried? If God can save you forever, why, don't we, why are we worried if God will save us right now? Look to Christ. The solution is that found, salvation is found in Christ and that we have to trust, be of good cheer, be of good cheer. A pastor received a, a call. He was a young pastor, two children. Pastor, I'm sorry, the doctor said, your son has a brain tumor and he has only so much to live. He was broken, discouraged. How can God do this to me? But he trusted in God and chose to be of good cheer. He, rem he remembers doing the whole chemotherapy and radiation, watching his little child on that surgery table just get almost, you know, cut open and radiation. But he trusted Christ. And he, go he tells the story of going to a park and seeing all these little children run. And he's, he's, he was in a moment of desperation saying, God, Look, all these families, they have children that are running around, and my son is on a surgery table right now. 
then he looked at the floor, the story goes, and he saw a little penny. And of course, those words on, on our, our money here, in God we trust. And now, that pastor is my pastor, Pastor Wayne Van Galdren. And he's been such a blessing. I know to this church, I know to hundreds, thousands of churches around the world. Why? Because he trusted in Christ. He chose to be of good cheer. And in the middle of trials, he's been such a comfort to hundreds of families because he's known firsthand experience the darkness and brokenness of health or, and family situations. God can do that to you. And God can do that in this church. Why does God allow these things? Because he wants to, through you, save many people alive. If he didn't bring that trial to your life, many people would not be alive. In other words, they'll be dead and eternally. So God, bring whatever trial you need to come. If you want to use that to save my family, do so. I'm your servant. The altar is open, church. Why don't you come and make us, yourself an altar here and say, God, I will trust you in the middle of trials. You're there in your, in your pew and you think, well, I don't, I don't know if I need peace. That's when we need more peace. You think you're okay. But by, the Bible says you're not. You need the Prince of Peace and you need God to give you peace. You're looking to other things. You're looking to sin. Give that over to Jesus. You're looking to immorality to, to fill a hole in your heart. Give it to Jesus this morning. The, the altar's open. Uh, your, your place is open. Make decisions for Christ right now, church. We're all family here. We're all broken. We all need Jesus to work in our hearts. No family here is perfect, so let's stop pretending we are. And let's look to Christ.